0: Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show.
1: We're considering draft spots in round one and two openings on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and the FFPC. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matt Friedman. I will explain what in the world I mean between by round one and round two openings. But first, Matt, what's your perfect climate? Meaning, like in terms of the, you know, what you walk outside, what do you want the temperature to be? And uh, you know the sun to look like etc. Wind oh. all that stuff.
0: Okay, uh, I have to ask a, a question to give you a more precise answer here. Yep. Um, do you are you allowing me to pick my time of the year? Or Absolutely. Are you kind of, Absolutely.
1: Okay. Give me the time of the year, um, and then basically like you know I, I want to know your overarching, you, basically your favorite climate. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So. Um, I used to live in Colorado and I really liked the, and we lived up in the mountains. So like the, the dry atmosphere there. And, you know, like in the summer, uh, especially like when it was starting to get around nighttime, you know, there was still a little bit of warmth there, but, uh, you know, the air would start to, uh, you know, to get a little bit crisp Uh, and so, you know, I liked that general atmosphere because it wouldn't be too hot during the day and it could be a little chilly at night, but not that chilly. Um, that is, I think kind of the, uh, the perfect, the perfect uh, atmosphere for me.
1: I like it. I think my climate, granted, I have only lived in New Hampshire and Massachusetts, so I don't have a very large, you know, uh listing of different states or places in the world to pull from here but for me it's like 66 in the fall in new england on a sunny day with a little bit of wind
0: Mm -hmm. Um, that's
1: pretty nice it is in the fall yes obviously uh let me ask you this though what other locations have you lived lived in we know texas but uh take us through the rest
0: (laughs) yeah uh texas um boston seattle new hampshire um and then Denver, sorry, not Denver, Colorado, uh, and uh, now Iowa. Nice. All right,
1: let's hit up a FFPC stat attack. Today's FFPC stat attack... Is that in the 2019 season, the Minnesota Vikings were seventh to last in plays per game and third in passing attempts, with just 51% of plays being passing attempts. And that is going to play into our first topic of the day. As a reminder, the FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and of course, the world famous FFPC main event to learn more or to join a league head to myffpc.com that's myffpc.com and of course we've got a handful of tools at rotoviz designed specifically for ffpc domination all right matt we've been talking about this for a while now that vikings offense not being one that wants to pass a lot. When Stefan Diggs was there, we had a couple of stretches where Diggs was not getting the volume needed, was getting upset about it. He's gone now. Adam Thielen figures to reclaim that wide receiver one spot on Minnesota. As we talked about in the last show, he's behind guys like Juju, also behind guys like Calvin Ridley and Cooper Cup. I think he ranks in with a positional ADP of wide receiver 18 is that appropriate?
0: Uh, yes, I believe it is. Um, he was great before last season. So he had like three, uh, three years where if you just kind of average what it was that he was doing, uh, he had around, you know, like 1200 yards from scrimmage, uh, you know, uh, averaged and six touchdowns per year. That's pretty good. And, um, And then before the injury, which kind of incapacitated him for the rest of the season last year, um, you know, he was inconsistent, but that whole offense was inconsistent. So, I mean, he was still scoring touchdowns. He was still, you know, pretty much the main guy in that offense. And then uh, in the playoffs, um, you know, had 129 yards uh, in the first round like, I think he's probably still the guy. So I don't say that you just pencil him in for what he did the three years prior to his 2019 campaign. But I think it's something that will kind of approximate that. Like if he had 1100 yards and, you know, four to six touchdowns, maybe even eight touchdowns, like I think that's the wheelhouse of where you look. I like it. Um, Transitioning now. Um,
1: before we get into the topic that I want to spend the most time talking about. um, And I know we've talked a little bit about Superflex leagues before. Um, I want to ask you this, though. If you're in a startup Superflex Dynasty League this year, how are you approaching building your team? And the thing that I'm specifically interested in is, as far as the quarterbacks go, I think that there's a number of players that you can use to string together your quarterback core. However, we also have players like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes who appear like they could be world beaters for years to come. Um and perhaps you think that maybe quarterback isn't as deep as I do um in this super flex context, but are you going to make the move and go for a Mahomes or Jackson? in this format, do you have to kind of reevaluate this weight on quarterback approach? Um, or do you think that it probably doesn't matter as much and we tend to exaggerate it?
0: I would be totally fine waiting on quarterback. In fact, I would probably want to and I'd want to invest uh in some of these older quarterbacks because I think they get pushed down further than they should just because of their age. And uh I mean no one would have expected that Brady would play into like what is he like forty three 43, now? Yeah. Like no one would have expected that. Like Matt Ryan could do something similar. You know, uh, we talked about him last show. Uh, I mean, some of these older guys, Roethlisberger could do it. You know, even Breeze might stay longer than we expect. We're all kind of thinking that Breeze is around for only one year, but like Breeze could end up staying for another two or three seasons. So like some of these guys that we don't think of as potential long-lived assets, um, they could last much longer than people expect.
1: Okay, um, here's my, my follow-up on that. I feel like people in a draft, a startup, especially if they've not played super Superflex before, are just going to be worried about not having players at the position because you reach this point where you start looking at the number of teams, there are and the number of quarterbacks that can be relied on to start and you might start to panic. When we're saying wait on quarterback, are we meaning like, waiting in a context similar to what we're doing in redraft or are you just kind of letting the first couple of rounds of tiers of quarterbacks pass and then getting yours or are you trying to go as far as possible and even take the risk of really uh, missing the market the position
0: I mean so each each draft each market is different and so wherever um, this market in particular settles in you just kind of let it come to you so if I mean, I'm just waiting, you know, like whatever that kind of general weight philosophy is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I want to try to compete right away. So I'm fine with taking an older quarterback because I do believe some of those guys will last longer. If I happen to miss on one of those older quarterbacks, and that means I have to end up with, I don't know, like Jarrett Stidham as a quarterback, then like fine. Like I'll, I'll take him, but uh, I'm fine waiting. And, um, you know, then like wherever... Wherever the market settles in for me to draft one of these older quarterbacks after people have taken, you know, the shiny Mahomes and Lamar Jackson types, that's where I'll take them. Got it. Um,
1: another thing that we've talked about before, but um, I'm going to bring it up again. Is Superflex actually that much more fun than other formats? I know that people can make the argument about how like it's the pinnacle um type of structure that you should have for your league needing to play the two quarterbacks it makes the quarterback position more relevant brings in more players into the fold you know you have to have all these added considerations but do you think that it actually makes a league more fun i am just not convinced no i hate it (laughs) do you really
0: (laughs) yeah i i hate super oh that's perfect I i
1: thought for some reason that you might have liked it given a conversation before but this is perfectly on on brand for us
0: yeah no I mean, I understand like uh it's it is like technically the superior format like i don't I don't debate that at all, like it's the more skilled format is it though um, like i'm not yes. really are we sure about yes. that yes okay i mean it's it's just i don't like it as much i I like being able to treat a position as if it's like almost valueless <laughs> um you know, I like being able to do that because other people don't do yeah. that um you know, so yeah, I'm I'm good with it as it is. See, I'm not sure that it really makes
1: your league that much more fun, maybe with the strategic point of it. But what I find really interesting is that you have positions like running back and wide receiver where there's a lot of players that are going to get played. And then you have positions and there's a lot of players that can on a weekly basis kind of make a bit of a difference. Now, quarterback, what I like there is we've created a position with that in tight end where they're pretty scarce. So you kind of have these positions where you have to approach it in the draft like maybe you go after those positions and, and other teams don't. Now, of course, there's an element of that in Superflex, but like when you're actually watching these matchups on a weekly basis, I think it's kind of neat when you can have one team maybe one two three teams that catch that hot quarterback for that year and you see how it play out versus whereas maybe you have some of these teams that they have that really hot passer and then the other one that kind of sucks and it's kind of like leveling things out I don't know that's just my experience but I'm glad to hear that you're not as sold as uh, as other people might be on the fact that a super flex league is actually more fun
0: no I don't have as much fun in super flex leagues
1: I like it I like it All right, we have a lot more to talk about, but before we do, let's take a quick moment for a word from our sponsor, Bet. Online, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24/7, or participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel. You'll find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. All right. So. In the top of the show, in the intro, in the intro, oh my god, I'm struggling here. In the intro, I said we're considering draft bust in round one and two openings. What I mean by round one and two openings are players that you can pick that you can pair together given their ADP. So a lot of teams at the turn could do something like put Kenyon Drake with Josh Jacobs, or maybe if you get lucky, you could do a Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill mix what I want to do here Matt is consider some of those pairings that might be achievable and we're going to look at ones that you can do at running back and ones that you can do with wide receivers and get a sense of which positions we feel like stack better this year in the confines that you have of ADP does that make any sense sure okay so let's just start with that one right there very achievable in FFPC you have a pairing of Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs against a pairing of Devonta Adams and Tyreek Hill to me I kind of feel like the wide receivers here have a huge advantage I'd much rather that start than the Drake Jacobs start
0: okay what is the official Rotaviz slash uh, Sean Siegel take on running backs early versus wide receivers early so far it's shaping up to be
1: um, similar to what we've had the last couple of years which is if you are getting one of those real high leverage running backs like Christian McCaffrey you're going to start off that way if not it feels like a very good year for, for zero running back and going wide receiver heavy
0: okay so uh, with that in mind uh, I'm good with Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill I mean I think Both of those guys have a really good chance of finishing in the top three uh, at the end of the season, Um, especially if we are thinking of uh, like a redraft format, uh, weekly format instead of best ball, um, then I think it makes more sense to uh, to go with some wide receivers here. But I don't I don't hate the running back start either. And whether it's, you know, you mentioned, I think, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, whether it ends up being, you know, someone like uh, Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb. At the turn there, any of any combination of those running backs, I think you know they're all to me pretty much in the same tier.
1: Right. So what about though if you end up with a situation where maybe it's like Dalvin Cook and or Alvin Kamara and a player like Clyde edwards Hilaire? So maybe you're getting Alvin Kamara and Clyde edwards Hilaire versus another one that's kind of achievable with the way it
0: falls of Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. I mean, I don't see how any of this. I don't see how that works. Like, what is the scenario in which Alvin Kamara falls? Well, no, then... Alvin Kamara is your first pick, right? If
1: you're a certain team, and then you get oh, Aaron okay. Jones or Clyde okay. Drexler coming got it. around. So,
0: like, so like your pick, your first pick your is first... like number number four or number five or something like that. Yep. Okay, got it. Um, which would I rather have? Yep. That's the question. Okay. Um, I would probably rather have a top five pick. You know, so if that's uh Kamara and then I don't want Aaron Jones, but if it's like Clyde Edwards Lair uh in that range, yep. or if it's Austin Eckler in that range, I think I would rather have the uh the Cook Kamara guy, you know, at the four or five pick yep. versus going with, you know, Mixon or Drake or Jacobs or whoever at the turn.
1: Yep. Um okay. But so what about comparing these two? So saying your first two picks is something like you get Dalvin Cook at pick four, then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the what is the team four pick of round two versus something like um, if you're team six in ADP, you could have Michael Thomas with your first pick and then Julio Jones with your second.
0: Who... uh... I would probably still rather go with the running back running back start, right um because i I guess some of it just kind of depends on what you think of of Michael Thomas if you think that he's really worthy of being drafted as um you know like as a top three top four pick and you think you're getting some value with him at pick six or something like that. Um, But I would probably rather have one of those one of those running backs. Like, I think there's a pretty big difference between. So there's, I think, a, a difference even between McCaffrey and then Barkley and Zeke after him. But I think there's a difference between Cook and Kamara. And then the running backs who come after them, you know, yep. like, I just think there's a pretty big difference. There. I definitely
1: agree with that. And I think that's a large premise of why there's still this thought that, um, you're not necessarily just going to go as your running back just to do it, um, or avoid starting off with a running back just because, but the, the point that I'm trying to highlight here too, is I feel like sometimes you'll hear people talking about how you start a draft and if you should start with, you know, going two wide receivers or two running backs or running back and wide receiver, but my thing that I wanted to remind us of was that in a given year, there is a constraint that you have, which is somewhat dependent on where you are picking, because you're only going to be able to stack things up in a certain way. in um, this year, because there's a lot of running backs going in round one, um that's going to change things, I think, compared to what we may have seen in the last couple of years if you're trying to plan out your start or say, I'm going to start with hitting this position, then this position. But to take that a step further, Matt, this year, because you have those, and where are you drawing the cutoff here? Are you going as far as those top tier running backs, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Cook, and Kamara? Are you including Kamara in that grouping and then he's the cutoff and then it's Henry, Miles Sanders, and Mixon in a new tier after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, Sanders is in a a tier below, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at McCaffrey, Barkley is my number two, Zeke is number three, and then I have Cook for Kamara 5 and then I go to Michael Thomas at number 6. So Thomas is kind of like the division point between those top 5 running backs and the guys who follow. Got it. So Thomas actually is yeah, he's the, he's the dividing point. Um
1: so if you're in the top 5 picks, right, you might be able to get a team that is something like Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Godwin versus if you're at the team 12 turn, you might have something that could be like Kenyon Drake and Tyree kill Devonte Adams Tyree kill this might be a dumb question now given what you already said but if you have your selection of a pick this year are you hoping that you're within those first five picks or is there a possibility that you would like to be at that turn
0: I would be happy in the top five yep um because I do again I do think that there's a pretty big difference between those top five backs and all of the guys who come after. Yeah. I, I guess here's another way of thinking about it. If I can't get one of those top five, um, I don't know why I would be super anxious to uh, to draft any of the other guys, let's say like the, the next five running backs, even the next 10 running backs who are coming after them in ADP, because I don't see the big difference between, let's say like Leonard Fournette as the running back 17 and like Aaron Jones as the running back thirteen, who's going you know a round before him, or Nick Chubb is the running back eleven, right? Um, and then you know Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson going in the fourth round, like either one of those guys, I think has the the real possibility of performing like someone who was drafted at the end of the first round or near the top of the second round so the so yeah yeah
1: and the other the other interesting thing about this is with the way people are drafting because now people want to get their running back that's pushing guys like chris godwin mike evans much closer to round three than they should probably be going i mean listen you can still get like kenny galladay odell beckham dj moore Amari mari cooper Allen Robinson, a lot of those guys very late in round three. So it's possible you can start with something like Christian McCaffrey and Chris Godwin or Christian McCaffrey, Mike Evans, Saquon Barkley, Chris Godwin, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans. Um, It feels to me like it's hard to say that not having or that you're not getting a little bit of an advantage by having one of those top spots in this year's drafts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would rather get uh one of those top 5 running backs and then be able to go wide receiver in round 2 and then that gives me the ability to go, you know, wide receiver or Leonard Fournette in round 3 and then maybe Le'Veon Bell or wide receiver in round 4. But, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good lock on my running back position and then I can add in with guys that I like in some of the later rounds if they fall. Uh, or I just draft another wide receiver that I really like. I mean, like being able to get Juju in round four. Um, I mean, I think that's you know pretty great value there. Cooper Cup in round four, AJ Brown in round four. Uh, I think that's fantastic value. So, yeah, if I I mean, I'm just happy if I get one of those top five picks. And if I don't, you know, then that kind of sucks and you know changes things a little bit but I still think that there's um there's pretty significant running back value uh value that falls down the board uh in rounds 3 and 4.
1: Yeah, cuz I think if I don't get one of those top 5 picks, I'm probably going to end up going wide receivers because yeah, you can do something so. like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper and then still get James Conner, Mark Ingram, something like that if you really want to address your running back position. Um Which is interesting because it makes me feel like there might be more running backs this season that are attractive to me with where I can get them in rounds four and five than there have been other seasons of, you know, as of late. However, we do know, though, that those round three, four, five running backs, despite feeling like they make for good picks, don't really pan out all that often.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you pick the wrong guy, (laughs) it's it's all about picking the right players. All right. Um, so let me let me
1: hit you with this uh, with this thought here, though. Right. OK. In what we in this context that we've been talking about, we've only been talking about the wide receivers and the running backs. Yeah. With the tight ends, we still see Travis Kelsey going in round one. We have George Kittle in round two, then Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz in round three. Let's say it's not a tight end premium league, but they're still going Mm -hmm. in roughly similar spots. How interested are you in infusing them into your lineup in 2020?
0: I wait. I I wait at the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I need to have good running backs, I need to have good wide receivers. Um, after let's say tight end. Five. So I'd say there's this clear tier of you have Kelsey and Kittle and Ertz and Andrews. Uh, I think Waller for me is the number five tight end. And then after that, you know, you can make a case for a lot of players, uh, you know, at the tight end six to like tight end 12 tight end 16 position. And I'm fine just entirely waiting and taking some of those guys who fall down the board. So. If Hayden Hurst falls down the board, I love getting him later. If it's Jared Cook, if it's Tyler Higby, um, you know, Mike Gasicki, potentially Noah Fant, Johnny Smith. Like I'm fine with a number of guys later in the draft. So I'm just going to keep waiting at the tight end position.
1: Got it. Um, my final question for you there is on the list that you have of tight ends this year that could potentially be playing for a team Or let me say this how many tight ends do you think there are that make for like a decent tight end one
0: do i need to okay. define that more <clears throat> yeah you mean like someone you would actually want to start as your tight end
1: one. Yeah. Like, are there 12 players that you're actually be like, yeah, I can start this guy. Or do you think that we might have a situation? Like you could have some years where there's really like only nine or 10 tight ends that you actually feel good about starting.
0: Mm, yeah. It's probably more like nine or 10 tight ends. Um, but it's, I think kind of hard right now to know who some of those fringe guys are going to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine taking like chances on some of the guys who fall later in the draft that one of those guys ends up being the guy. So I would say, you know, like Waller as the number five guy. So I feel like we have five really locked in. And then Evan Ingram is, you know, arguably in there. Um, and then after that, and I would say maybe even like Jared Cook. Um, I think he's probably fairly safe as a, a number one tight end. After that, it's a little more uncertain. You know, like, do you go with Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski, Hurst, Uh, I mean, Goddard might have a shot at it. Uh, you know, some of these guys, uh, Higby, we mentioned him last episode, you know, like some of these guys have a, a chance of developing, but I still don't think you're going to, uh, have 12 guys. Like, I don't think there's going to be like a surplus of tight end one caliber, uh, producers. I think you're going to, you know, have something of a drop off after player number nine or 10.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, There is one more thing that I kind of want to focus here on, which is when you get to round five, the running backs are Raheem Mostert, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Kareem Hunt, Mark Ingram. Round five... Did I say wide receivers? If I did, I meant to say running backs. Those are the round you five said running backs. Okay. Yeah. Those are the round five running backs. The round, wide, round five wide receivers are Courtland Sutton, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Chark, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, and Terry McLaurin. Which group of players there do you think is of a higher caliber, the running backs, or is it the wide receivers?
0: I would rather take wide receivers right. in that range. And yeah. what I'm gonna, I like a lot of the wide receivers yeah. there.
1: So what I want to bring this back to is... If you go to Rotoviz and you look at the Win the Flex app, which actually was created by our editor-in-chief, Blair Andrews, which is kind of neat, as he actually went in and built an app. And what it does is it looks at just the typical points score that you're going to get by a player at a certain position with a certain ADP. And it uses like a linear regression to come up with these averages for each spot. If you look at the trend line for running backs and you look at the trend line for wide receivers this year, there's just the tiniest little section in which you're actually expecting better output from your wide receivers. Excuse me, you're expecting a better output from your running backs than your wide receivers. And what this is telling us as you look at the tool is, if you are looking to build up to racing towards your flex, and filling out your rosters with these players, the wide receivers are probably going to be where you want to go. And I do feel like outside of round one, when I'm looking at the players this year, the wide receivers are more attractive to me in just about every round than the running backs.
0: Yeah, uh, one, I should say it wasn't cool that you editor-in-chief shamed me (laughs) by uh, being like our editor-in-chief player created an app Which, uh, by the way, that is cool. Yeah. Uh. But then, two. I'm I'm looking at this app right now, and uh, it's not working. So, Rotoviz, get your house in order. Oh God. Wait. Is it really not? You know what? I actually think. Um.
1: Wait. I don't have it up because I was trying to open one earlier. I actually think that we might be having a server issue while we're on on air. So I'm actually going to take that out. But I will leave in your little note there, Matt. Um, Matt. Now that you have um, you know, given us your rebuttal. Do you have any closing comments uh, any other you know smart ass
0: things that you want to infuse into this conversation? No, not really. I think I've infused enough uh smart assery. But this is I think this is a good exercise starting to look at this draft board to think about uh where where and how you want to build your drafts. Um in the early days of Rotoviz, Fantasy Douche had uh a really great series of articles about like building your draft from your last pick forward and kind of thinking about the guys that uh that you would be great with getting in your final rounds and then kind of building forward from there. And I think this is kind of a, a good exercise of thinking like, okay, if I'm good with taking one of these wide receivers in the fifth round what does that mean for what I do in round four and round three? So uh, I think the, you know, the further we can go in the draft identifying players or groups of players, like a position group, that's like, okay, this is the round in which I am likely to take tight end or quarterback or whatever. uh, I think that's a a good way of kind of going about building your strategy for, for your draft for the 2020 season.
1: Yep. Um, transitioning off of football here real quick 90s pop culture how apparently you're quite the connoisseur of this what is your breadth of topics that you can cover in 90s pop culture
0: uh i don't know i honestly i'm a little out of uh out of practice in, in talking about uh 90s pop culture but uh music music is probably okay uh mainly mainly the wheelhouse although uh at one point I was also very well versed in 90s movies.
1: Okay. So I ask this because um my wife is for whatever reason obsessed with the 90s. She loves to still talk about the 90s, uh reminisce about different things in the 90s and she is a person that spends a lot of time just like, you know, reviewing pop culture things, reading random yeah. pop culture stuff and like, um, you know, some of the shows that have been on TV about pop culture, you know, she does very well on. So she's always been talking about how she wants to go on, like, you know, some type of, like, pop culture trivia show. Yeah. And it has just occurred to me now that you, you know, apparently are pretty well versed in the 90s. And what I want to do is set up a match on this show between you and her in 90s pop culture trivia.
0: This, this sounds horrible. I, I imagine that she would win right. pretty handily. I'm going to have
1: to tell her that then because she'll be happy about that because she said, oh, I'll crush him. And I was like, I don't know. Normally, if there's something that Matt knows about, he knows a lot about it. But it sounds I like would,
0: I would imagine she crushes me. But
1: here's the yeah. one issue, though. Right. So she was born in 1988. So uh. she you know was two when the decade started. So I think that yeah. that might give you a bit of an advantage.
0: Yeah, uh, it, Yeah, it probably would. But um, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot that I wasn't uh, kind of aware of Mm. during the 90s as it was happening. So, you know, that would be the kind of thing that someone could probably catch up on uh, through history or, you know, like, let's say, like, did she watch a lot of kind of like after the fact, like a lot of uh, like sitcoms from the 90s? Even if if she didn't
1: watch them, she's read about them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it would just depend on how the, uh, the quiz was structured. structured. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I would bet on someone else winning. So I'm if, ra- the, if this person is really into the night. Okay,
1: I'm going to put you on the hot seat here just for one question. What year was Princess Diana killed in a fatal car crash?
0: Uh, I would say 1997.
1: Okay, yeah, she got that one too. You did too. I'm going to think about this. I'm interested in this man. I'm, I'm thinking like about that. Was,
0: that was accurate? Yeah, that was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All,
1: All right. right. All right. And with that, everybody, we are now actually going to close down. We will be back next week um, with another two episodes. That does it for this episode. You can reach us at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKavenFF and at MattFTheOracle. Thanks to Online for sponsoring the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe